Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan. Honey. Back in my episode one roots. And John. Nothing's changed. Which is to say that everything is changing. <laughs> yeah, everything is changing. Today we are talking about um, don't search for this by voice. You will not find it. And the Lex Luthor of cars. Us Lenny is doing 20 questions with the ultimate track toy car. Whatever that means. To me. To, to him. Specifically to, to him. Okay. And that means we're talking about Conan's egg. Uh, but let's before we get into that, let's talk about what we've done this week. John, what have you done this week in uh, car motorcycle land? Uh, I'm mostly getting ready for the move. It's actually been really nice out, so I've been riding motorcycles pretty much every day. Uh, hopped on the Twitter Spaces to watch the race with some uh, some lovely randos that popped in. Um, shout out to Jacob, right? That was that was the guy that hopped in with us. Yeah, it was Jacob. Yeah, shout out to him. Jacob is thanks uh, for hanging out. He is car royalty. He has owned some of the coolest cars ever. Uh, my personal favorite was the Ferrari 330 GTC. Um, mm. such a beautiful car, man. You can't you can't buy a car that looks like that today if you wanted to, um, unless you're just obscenely rich. And that makes me sad, which, you know, yeah. it makes me kind of pro kit car, honestly, because I think the 60s, that era had the nicest lines in terms of design of cars. And um, there's just there's nothing that you can get unless you build it yourself that uh, that looks like that. But that's a, I mean, even those kit yeah. cars are expensive sometimes, John. True. I am very seriously looking at a Lancia Stratos kit car and it's going to be a six figure. It's going to be a six figure project. It's going to be a six figure project like (laughs) for a fake. Uh, (laughs) Can't wait to start seeing it. Yeah. Someday. It's not going to be soon. Is that what you've decided on is the Stratos? Um, yes and no. Uh, Here's the thing about the Stratos is if I do that, they're going to deliver it as a turnkey minus, which means it's not going to have an engine transmission. And, oh, by the way, how long am I going to be in Saudi Arabia? And, yeah, oh, that doesn't sound optimal. Right. And, oh, by the way, they're not taking orders right now because they're so backed up. And, oh, by the way, when they do finally take orders, how long is it going to take them to build it? So, like, right, you know. I don't know if they hit me up in six months and they were like, yo, you want a car? I might throw a deposit on it, but then, you know, maybe it's a year until they even ship it. And then when they do, Jeez. you know what I mean? Like, and it gets to me, like, how long is it going to be in my garage before I actually get home to swap whatever stupid engine I'm going to build for it? It's probably going to be a rotary. Right. Um, <laughs> John, I just came up with a better idea for you and I'm going like, to just hand it to you. Why don't you just, buy a delta integrale evo 2 uh, and then modify it to your taste like you know you want to i hate you i hate you uh i sent you that there's an option for for those not in our in our video chat john i don't even need to look at his screen he is pulling up uh delta integrales uh for sale right now across the world he's looking is and so is ryan (laughs) so lenny that white one that is true the white mm-hmm. one I sent you at the Yahoo Japan auction. Oh, is, yes, yes, yes. How much did that come for? It is currently in session. Uh, it closes on the 17th, and it is currently at 4 million, Five days away. Four million five hundred thousand yen. So it's like, what, high $30,000 uh, USD? Uh, yes. Why don't uh, you own the, this car To yet? the current yen rate, that's very favorable, John. Well, but it's also it's five. Car. I mean, I don't know who's going to bid on it. Like, this five car looks left. like John. John was a car. I, Seriously, I don't know. Who's... It's got everything. It's got the. Why spot. is John not? Why does John not own this car? Yet? Shut up! It's John's biggest soapbox ever. The only other thing that he should own besides this is an Opal. Let's. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> 
You should keep an eye on that, John. This car looks like John. For show, for show. This white. This that thing's gorgeous. Cars over thirty years old can be imported into Saudi Arabia. I would need to wait a year. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Just buy it. Just just buy it. You'll be all right. Do you make a Dune Evo two? A Dune. A sand dune Evo 2? That's oh, no god. No, don't take that in the sand. Stop it. Stop it. Don't take that in the sand. For those of you that don't oh, no. know, for those of you that don't know, the Lancia Delta Integrale is basically a Volk a Mark II Volkswagen golf that decided it wanted to sleep with your wife. And uh, <laughs> Uh, like, Wait, it, does it I'm not the look one like that's bad at metaphors? It's a menace to society. I'm, I'm the one that was as bad at metaphors. Tell me that does I, not. No, look, I get that one. Tell me that does not look like a Mark II rabbit that like took a bunch of steroids and like went Super Saiyan. Yeah. Tell me it doesn't. Yeah. You know what's really great about this car is that it's a hot hatch. That's right. So I approve. But it's the hottest of hatches. It is the well. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. You're not wrong because it's different. So this well, was okay. this was Daddy in WRC yeah. after Group B yeah. went the way of the dinosaur. Yeah, if you remember to our it's Group true. B episode, this had a very big history in it. This uh, it is it is one of the hottest of hatches. It is. I will, will agree with you with that. I don't think there ever has or ever will be a sexier hatch than the Delta Integrale. I might look at that. I might look at that auction. For a while. Do it. Uh, um, okay, I'm so going to keep an eye out on that auction for your for you. I was going to say, Lenny. So, what have you been doing in, in the Cardum uh, world this past week? Uh, not much, but I have some things going. So, uh, I sent paperwork over uh, to get the GTR re-registered and get that done. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so, hopefully, in a few weeks, uh, I'll come back with a new really registered title. Uh, on the other front, the head that I had bought uh, a few weeks ago, I had sold for a little bit of profit, not to brag, but it was mainly due to me seeing the yen rate, uh, yen to dollar rate jump up. And so I'm looking on Yahoo Auctions, or going to start looking on Yahoo Auctions to uh, make some purchases for the GTR again, because cool. there might be some good deals swimming about. We'll see how it goes. That's about it. Excellent. Yeah, I haven't done much myself either. A little bit of sim racing, but mostly I had like uh, the day, the day off this week. I had the only nice day, Nebraska. I spent all day on on my bike, um, just getting out and enjoying the weather, and then took that in and really did some modifications on that. And again, just being a bike mechanic now and learning the things on a bike and how that relates. Much like cars, there are so many different types of fluids. It is out of control, and I don't know how you learn that. Also, if anybody hears thunderstorms in the background, we just had a tornado pass through where I live, basically. So it's just the residual back end of that. But, yeah. Stay safe I, out there, man. It's been crazy weather. It's 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 fine. I live in, I've lived in Tornado Alley my whole life. They're just different types of storms now than they were. I mean, we had... <clears throat> 20 mile per hour winds all day with 40 mile per hour wind gusts. At Westlife, man. <laughs> it, ha- yeah. it has been abnormally windy up here in NorCal as well uh, for the past week or so. So, uh, Two it's massive low pressure it's... fronts were sitting yeah. on top of most of America today. Um, so it was like a yin yang over the Midwest with the um, low pressure and the high pressure. It was sick. I liked it. And what's great is that because I work on e bikes, I can still ride into the headwind and no problem, which is super fun. So yeah, I mean, I haven't done a lot of cars. I uh, was driving the more GTR uh, in the sim rig. I've been enjoying that. They actually ended up fixing uh, the patch issues we talked about before, where they made people they change the credits, so they like fixed and added some credits. So the GT community is kind of coming back as a whole. GT seven community is so yeah, it's been pretty good, but otherwise pretty chill week. Um, especially being, I mean, F1 happened this weekend. That was kind of the big thing. And again, I want to thank everybody that came out and had fun with us. We'll be doing it every race and that's the goal. So please be sure to check us out, um, at zero lift podcast on Twitter and Instagram, where you can see and join the conversation. 
Let us know what you want to hear us talk about, and we'll probably do it. So yeah, it, it, I feel like we're just really glossing over this F1 race. I just want to make a few comments here. <laughs> uh, sure, no, oh, please. A Ferrari's definitely back back, and or I don't know. Forever, um, as John says, yeah, uh, the with the Grand Slam, Forza baby. Uh, crazy stat for you: the last, I think, three or four drivers to score a Grand Slam in that season that same season they won the championship so like that's not a, you know not a regular thing at least not in the hybrid area so hey i'm just saying i i called it on my hot take that ferrari was going to come out of the races you're welcome yeah Unf- unfortunate to me upgrades? unfortunate to me because verstappen's car has now had two dnfs on three races which is miserable yeah. red bull's uh, looking a little well, as, sorts. It looks as like Christian, that, that same fuel issue. Well, yeah, it's a, no, it's a different fuel issue. But as Christian Horner said, I'd rather have a fast car and figure out why it's DNFing versus a slow car to try to make it fast. And sometimes... Ooh, man, daggers at Mercedes. Yeah, so... <laughs> as, those two are always playing off of each other. And, um, you know, there's been Red Bull has had this issue in the past before with Adrian Newey. Um, RB 13 is a good example where it just never worked. And, um, so I think they'll get it dialed in. It's, we got 20 races to go. Yeah. Ferrari's got the lead. We'll see what happens. It's a long season, but is there any, uh, the longest news? Season. It is a, a world breaking season because hopefully we don't have any of the pandemic issues. Is there any other news besides F1 stuff, uh, going on in the wild world web? The web 3.0 man you said wide world like a 90s rock singer wow welcome uh wild world it's um, like uh ad world like that yeah well uh one i just found a 1992 delta integrale evo on bring a trailer that <laughs> ends in two days and the current bid is thirty-eight thousand dollars uh <laughs> <laughs> send me the link i want to look at it oh yeah bat for me baby um sending it to you guys right now so uh, john just buy this car and put it in your garage and then uh shut up. Get back. it's, it's cheap enough you you can afford that and then go find something else say it's cheap i mean for look that's the same cost as a type r man. i would like I mean, to remind a... you guys that while i may shortly be rich i have not been paid a dime as of today john doesn't have kids folks so john has more money than me period end of discussion <laughs> and you have been a dink not once but twice in your life my friend you're fine uh, yeah 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 that's true that's true but now i'm a sink and more wealthy than when i was a dink Anyway. <laughs> now you're now you're uh, a player. All right, what's the other news going on besides you being obsessed with the hottest of hatches? Um, well, uh, so this is funny. Uh, Cruise AV, short for Cruise Autonomous Vehicle. It's a, I mean, as you can maybe guess, an autonomous vehicle company. Uh, they were running one of their cars up in San Francisco, and very publicly got pulled over by the police for not having their headlights on. Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah. And this happened like a day At or two night? ago. Yeah. And okay. the cops went up to the car to cite it, and they were like, who do I give this ticket to? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, it's stupid, but I was just like, I want to talk about this because this cracks me up. Um, That's hilarious. Well, it just made me wonder... <laughs> You know, it begs the question, like one of these days when you have your little pod capsule car and you're, everybody's driving autonomously and it fucks up, are you going to get pulled over? Are cops going to stop, you know, for those of us that like hold on to muscle cars and stuff, are we going to be able to just go out and raise hell because there's not going to be any enforcement on the streets? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, the end of, it's the end of the ticket citations. There it is. I can live for that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can I, live for that. It, I'll, know, I'll, begs, I'll bionic myself up for that. It but, begs a lot of questions. I, it depends on where you are because I think that that's going to affect the coast a lot faster. I know that the EVs and like here in Nebraska will have the Ford Lightnings, but I don't think we're going to have autonomous drivers as quick as we would have uh, full 
nobody driving. By the way, that reminds me, guy came into the bike shop. He actually already pre-ordered the Ford F-150 Lightning. I, I'm telling you, man. I hate you. People are on the train, dude. I hate you so much. If I I'm could divert like, this, this fucking massacre right here, John, I'm just letting you know what's going on. I'm just letting you know what's going on. Wait, what? Don't buy it. Why? No, I don't like it. Why? It, it's it, you would I think it's it's not you the interior is nice and it's clean but it's mm, no it doesn't it doesn't have the seats it doesn't have the right seats it's just red I don't know uh it, I think it's clean I just think, red <laughs> no I think the seats on that red one are fantastic I actually don't like the red yeah it's red. Oh, I, I love it's those red seats. For those me. seats are totally I really John. Just, I oh, I love the seats. I love the seats. I, I, would, I love the seats. Those are Damn. totally John seats. But I, I will say, just picking something totally random so I could tell you not to buy it because I think are, it's the red. Those for me. are fuzzy. But for those listening at home, they can't see. They're like fuzzy gray seats. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, those are perfect. But I will just, say, that white one is one of the most gorgeous cars I've ever seen in my entire life. Because white's a good color. Cars I and mean, lots of things. On the Delta Integral, it's a good color. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, let's anyway. stop talking about cars of yeah. old. Let's talk about cars of new that are breaking the game here. We were talking about Conan's Egg, as I mentioned earlier. Why do you say it? Conan's Egg. Conan's Egg. Conan's Egg. Because I'm not Swedish. I don't know. Conan's how do you How do you pronounce Audi? Is it Audi or Audi? It's Audi. 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 Anyway, um, you're wrong. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. However, oh, you I'm say wrong it, about cars. Any way you say it, regardless, is wrong. So, okay, for the for the folks at home, <laughs> how do you pronounce? Look, my last name is Schleyhuber. You guys, come on now. Not everybody gets it right the first try. So, how do we pronounce first try? Boom. You said before. Fucking boom. 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 Mic drop. Perfect. Lenny, how do you pronounce Konenzig? Konenzig. Yep. Konigzeg. Nope. Zeg? There's a G in the middle. Konigzeg. Konigzeg. There you go. There you, you go. Perfect. Right. So you the reason why it. we're telling Ryan to really practice the way he says Konigzeg is because they're on the absolute edge of technology and hypercar, what is now what they're calling a mega car, which uh, is the... Uh, Jesco, Yesco, which, I believe is the pronunciation. Yesco, because that's oh, yeah. his first name. So there we go. Much, much like his, his last name, his first name is hard to pronounce. No, it's his father's first name. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Koenigsegg produces the fastest cars in the world, uh, and it's started off as a father duo um, kind of thing when Christian von Koenigsegg was uh, as young as nineteen. He's always been a maniac of speed since. Um, he was a little kid. He was watching some Norwegian film and he was with his father at the time of the, the theater. And he said afterward, dad, I'm going to build a car just like that. And it was about like, uh, some Norwegian film about a Le Mans style bicycle, but not a Le Mans style race that a bicycle mechanic, um, yeah, so, so had built a basically, car around or for it's, it, to me, it was a stop motion film, which number one makes it cool. Um, <laughs> but the actual car, and he had animal friends. Oh, I didn't so know that it, was stop motion. Yeah, so it's stop motion kind of deal. Well, it yeah, it looks very Wes Anderson, if that means anything to anybody. But uh, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. And the car he built looks very chitty chitty bang bang almost. And it's competing with F1 style cars. Uh, of the sixties essentially, which is quite interesting. And so he just really wanted to build that type of car because I think there was one guy building it with his animal friends and it ended up being everybody else. And I think that that story basically in itself is what Conan's a, I can't, I'm not going to, yeah, Conan's egg, uh, kind of stands for, which is, you know, this very small company by itself, building everything in house and crushing the competition and breaking all records. So like, uh, it didn't start with the Yesco. Uh, they've been building cars since 94. Um, and from the start, 
Like they were probably not only fast in a straight line, but around a track as well. Um, and that's really the philosophy of, of Koenigsegg. The person and also the company is to build the ultimate high-performance car experience for its clients' customer base, not only on a track, but also road legal, which is nuts. Because if you look at some of the cars that they build, you could only say that they're hyper cars. And now they've kind of deemed their new Yesco and maybe the Gamera uh, is also in that market, I'm not quite sure, um, as a mega car, which is on a level of magnitude all its own. You know, you know I, I've always viewed uh, Koenigsegg as a cult of engineering. And the reason why I thought it was important to have him on the episode or, you know, talk about him is that... Um, they're, I don't think they're quite a household name. I think pretty much anybody that's like a big car nerd knows about them, but Tesla is a household name. And the reason Tesla became a household name is because they did some stuff that nobody else did, right? Like, hey, we're going to put these charge stations up and we're going to have a car with funny names for stuff and memes all over the place and a really in-depth infotainment system that talks to your phone and some neat stuff like that. But all that stuff to me was like a one level of evolution kind of out from where cars were. But Koenigsegg literally does nothing that any other car manufacturer does. And if I was, if I was a company like Pagani or Bugatti with Koenigsegg out there, I would be embarrassed because absolutely like the level of engineering and innovation and stuff like they absolutely make any other like super hyper car look childish by comparison and they their cars actually look good unlike bugatti's correct they look <laughs> fantastic <laughs> unlike most hyper cars yeah i mean so They're for me too for me too the big thing that <clears throat> watching a lot of interviews with him is he really likes to point out how nimble these cars are. And that, to me, makes the difference, right? The drivability of it, the nimbleness of these cars. Not only are they stupid fast, but they're nimble, which is just, that, to me, screams, this guy knows cars and what's important to cars, right? Well, yes. Uh, When when we're saying stupid fast, like, that's 200 mile an hour plus. Yeah, 284 to... 255 yeah coming out so the first 10 the first time they got in the guinness book of world records was in 2005 with the ccr i believe and that was at ccr 241 rising yeah 241 miles per hour um the current record they hold is like oh what the heck is it it's dumb fast so I'll give you another one. Uh, in a the Koenigsegg Agera uh, broke the a record for zero to four hundred k to zero, so max acceleration, max braking, and it did it in thirty six point four seconds. The That's previous so crazy, yeah. The previous record was held by the Bugatti Chiron, and it did it in forty two. So I mean, this six, is, six this seconds is, faster than a Chiron. This is almost F one level stuff because you have to realize that these cars can produce two G's on road tires. Yeah. Okay? These aren't these aren't Pirelli slicks. These are road tires and these cars are capable of producing two G's. Yeah. Mind uh, uh, um and right now their current top speed record is uh two hundred seventy seven point eight seven miles Jesus. per hour. And that's in an Ajera RS. Um so what you know, what I like about it is like they're, you know, when the Bugatti Veyron came out, everybody was like, oh, it's the fastest car in the world. Blah, 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 blah. But like, it's so pretentious and it's so ugly and it's, it, it only does one thing well. It's not fast around the track. Um, right. And Koenigsegg cars beat that and they also do everything else. Um, average weight for most of their models, is around 3,200 pounds, which is about the same as a stock R32 GTR. 
uh, which isn't a yeah, featherweight. Which is nuts. It's not a featherweight, but yeah. it's really light. A how much does a Bugatti Veyron weigh? Um, I think that really the four thousand to detail is what yeah. sets. So it's like an eight hundred pound difference between the Veyron, yeah, and and the, the average. Uh, oh, the average. Yeah, the Agera is the, the Agera is, is that's the one I looked at. It was thirty two hundred. They're all pretty close to the same weight. They're they're just so nimble. Wow. It's the attention to detail. Every single bit of this car is engineered, as John said. They're engineering masters. But it's not even it's not Ooh. even just he's like it's not even maniac. just that. Yeah, I I think he's a maniac. Super Saiyan. I I uh, just I, that's why I said he's like Lex Luthor, right? This guy's got a shaved head. He's, he's out he's to more dominate Frieza. the world. <laughs> <laughs> like what? So what level of Frieza is he though? You know what I mean? Like, or is? Oh, he's definitely Frieza's third form for sure. Third form Frieza. You mean his fourth so, form? The third form was the ugly one. It was, third form Frieza was no. only around for like twenty seconds. You're right. Fourth form Frieza. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Twenty seconds Dragon in the DBZ nerd. universe is three episodes. No, folks. fourth form uh, Frieza. Fourth form Frieza was one that's kind of sexy. He looks. He okay. looks all shiny. That is gonna sell. Sell. So are you thing. saying Christian von Koenigsegg looks kind of sexy? I mean, because he's his bald, shiny head. In like a in like a portly kind of dumpy dad bod way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, for me, from from really learning about uh, Koenigsegg, is <laughs> Jesus, you're gonna have a, a tough time. I'm messing it up again. Koenigsegg. You're just trying too hard. Probably. It's typical. I'm a try hard folks. Um, is that every single one of these cars through every iteration, it is the attention to detail and how on the modern cars, every single bolt has its own spot. This is not a mass produced sort of vehicle that blows me away. I mean, it is just like the fact that every single, uh, brake has its own aerodynamics. These are F1 level, maniac levels things well yeah and i I don't road legal car i don't want to just like broadly sweep over some of it let's talk about why they're so freaking cool um okay so yeah do you want to get into the one-to-one let's talk about the one-to-one we're talking about um i wait compared to the bugatti let's talk about the one-to-one well so i guess i guess first off what i I wanted to kind of delve a little bit into the the engines the engine technology. Um, I think they're pretty much all use a V8 with, uh, mm-hmm. at one point they were twin supercharged. I think they're turbos now, right? They are turbos now. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's really interesting about their current models is they call it a, uh, a free valve engine. And that is a, they use a pneumatic valve train. And so the cars don't have camshafts and, the only place this exists, to my knowledge, is in F1. And uh, Koenigsegg engineered a, a system to put on their cars. And so what basically happens is you have solenoids on all the valves in the engine. And so you can control the valves with the ECU as if they were like a fuel injector or a uh, igniter for your spark. So instead of having a camshaft and like, you know, we have camshafts and some camshafts are good for high RPM. Some camshafts are good for low RPM, but it's always a trade off. And there's been some ways to mitigate that. Like you have uh, VVT or Vanos, if you're a BMW nerd where it adjusts the timing of the cam, or if you're a Honda fanboy, you have VTEC where you essentially have two different cam profiles. So like a, a chill cam for low RPM and a, aggressive cam for high rpm but with a free valve system with a solenoid that controls the valve movement you literally have infinite camshafts in the engine so you can make peak power from idle to redline with no trade-offs and i think that is absurd and no one else does this besides formula one what's really cool too is that christian had mentioned that Essentially, the AI at this point is trying to figure out all of the calculations. It's so much faster for the AI to figure out how to adapt this particular no cam 
and add all these additional modes and best ways to accelerate with how much gas you're giving well, it. Yeah, no, that's another I think that's good wild. Point. That's another good point. Is that yeah, they're so you have engine computers in cars and the computer has a program on it and it says how long to open the injectors and when to fire the injectors and when to fire the the ignition and like when to do that as the engine's turning over. Um, and if you want to tune your car, you rip out the stock computer and put on what's called a standalone, and then you can plug it into your laptop and you have to tune it, which means you strap it to a dyno and you play with some shit and you hopefully don't blow it up and you see where it runs best. And then you code that into the ECU. But yeah, Ryan, you're right. Koenigsegg have pioneered AI in their computers. So, Modern cars and like like my AEM Infinity and a bunch of other ones have what's called auto tuning, where you set, hey, I want the car to run at this air fuel ratio, go, and it'll automatically trim the injectors and stuff to tune the ideal uh, injector pulse width, and it can get pretty close. But they've taken it a step further, where you have an artificial intelligence that actually learns and adapts on the fly. So it's not like a, it's not just a trim, you know, that searches for an ideal air fuel ratio. It's a computer that listens to the car and can detect like it's better over time, right? It gets better over time. It can can detect peak combustion efficiency and like tailor it with a much higher and much more sophisticated degree of accuracy. And that sounds like sell not Frieza to me. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I kind of agree. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the thing that, that blows my mind is that this is all stuff that's like, it's available to us, like to humanity. It's just nobody has taken the leap to implement it, except for these guys. Yeah, except for these guys. Yeah. Um, and they've done it all by themselves. Yeah, that's the other crazy thing. So you, uh, you guys want to talk about the one to one? which is the so now they're using a light speed transmission which is a type of i guess you could say it's not really a dual clutch it's like a mini clutch nine speed but before that they experimented with this direct drive um yeah in in the agara in the regera it's a newer newer model yeah. So the light speed transmission, I think yeah, yeah, you got a flop there. The light speed transmission was in the Agera and the Regera is is pretty new. It's only only was debuted uh I think a few years ago or maybe 2020. Uh oh, no, the Regera. I, I thought Agera I thought was 2016 and the Jesco is 2020. I don't think yeah. I, I don't think they Thank actually you. use the direct drive anymore. I thought the direct drive was only on the 1 to 1 yeah. and then they oh, went to old, the, Yeah, the direct drive was only for the 1 to 1. Yeah, and then they dropped it in favor of the light speed, um, because yeah, because the one to one is basically an experiment and a prototype. I mean, they only made six units and one prototype of this car. That's how small scale production it is. Well, they, they and they made it because that was the when they were first um, converting from internal combustion to hybrid, and the batteries and electrical engines were going to add weight, and so they experimented with ditching the transmission to make up for the weight. That makes sense because this this by the way, folks, this one to one came out in 2014 to 2015. So, battery technology has come a very very long way um, since 2014. So the, the now, what's what's up? Sorry, I I want to talk about this direct drive because yeah, yeah. it's it it's blown my mind. I was reading about it um, a few days ago, and it's essentially like um, think of it as just the engine and final drive ratio in the back like it's always in a seventh gear type of position this direct drive transmission um and the way it really works or the way it really works well is because it also has three electric motors that are attached uh to this final drive ratio uh gearbox if you want to call it this one one drive direct drive um and so Two electric motors are in the rear of the Regera, uh, and they power that directly. Uh, then there's also a third uh, that's on the crankshaft, and so that powers the front engines. And so 
immediately off the line, all it's all electric. And as it, it accelerates the computer, this AI program slowly feeds the end the wheels with power from the engine in the Regera. So like that's crazy well, to me that they've made it so smooth because if you listen to any like interview of anybody that likes driven one and the driver experience it's like it's all the power all the time but it's super smooth and like it's not out of control and it's nuts well i i think i think you're um i think you're actually mixing two different because because me and ryan were talking about the direct drive and the agara and it's actually different and you're you did accurately talk about what the regera is using um oh is that not not the same. There's a no, different direct no. drive. So the direct drive in the Agera one to one, they called it that because there was no transmission in the car at all. There, there's no gear. Oh, I didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah, and so there's a video where where he talks about the direct drive unit. It's basically a torque converter from an automatic transmission on steroids. It's it's like a multi stage torque converter. So for those of you that don't know. A torque converter is the thing in the automatic transmission that essentially allows you to not need a clutch. It's a fluid coupling. It's mm -hmm. it's two like liquid fans with some fluid in between them. One fan's connected to the engine, the other fan's connected to the transmission. And when the engine starts spinning the fan on the engine side, it pushes fluid that imparts a rotation on the fan on the transmission side. And what torque converters do is they have a step down and they actually multiply torque. So if it's a two to one, that means that the engine side will spin twice as fast as the transmission side, but it will give the transmission side double the torque and torque converters have a lockup speed. And the lockup speed is where now both sides are spinning at the same rate, but there's no torque multiplication. So a torque converter helps you get off the line with additional torque and then when you lock up, you get the full RPM. And that's basically taking the place of a clutch in an automatic. What Koenigsegg did, like you, you mentioned, Lenny, is they geared the car at the, at the wheels to be at its top speed, right? 250 miles per hour. And then to get adequate acceleration, they essentially had a multi-stage torque converter with a wet clutch, like an actual like you know friction plate clutch, inside and so what would happen is it had i think it was two stages of torque conversion where so the car would like shoot off the line really fast using the torque multiplication from the engine and the assistance from the electrical drives and then once that locked up there was another stage of torque conversion and then that locked up and once that happened the friction clutch actually locks up and locks the entire drivetrain solid and so what it allows it to do is it allows it to have a single gear in the car geared for 250 miles per hour, but you still get a 2.80 to 60 time instead of, uh, you know, taking off like you were in seventh gear. Um, and there's no transmission. That's it. Everything's just happening with this fluid coupling and this crazy torque converter with the assistance from the electrical engines to get started. Um, and then that that full lockup clutch system that engages at higher speeds, and they it, that's insane. Yeah, it's super insane. And there was a video. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. there, there was a video where Christian was talking about this direct drive system, and he said he actually went to some torque converter manufacturers and like gave them their specs, and they're like, "This is what we wanted to do," and they're like, "Yeah, I can't build that," so they just made it themselves. <laughs> man that that's is amazing wild <laughs> it's uh that's absolutely wild yeah look it up there's a if you yeah, look I, up koenigsegg yeah, direct that... drive uh the drive on youtube has a video called 248 miles per hour without a gearbox and he actually takes it apart and, and uh, wild and it's it's a torque converter oh. it's just a torque converter on steroids so that would essentially be they would do that because it's lighter weight than having to actually put in full transmission system essentially. Yeah, so what happened is they yeah, were well, using a 7-speed DCT, not unlike a BMW 
or a Porsche DCT dual clutch transmission. Oh, clutch um, not unlike what BMWs or Porsches and, and some Volkswagens and, you know, most high-end cars nowadays have some kind of dual clutch transmission. They were using one of those, and then when they started putting batteries and hybrid drives in their cars, they were trying to come up with ways to mitigate the weight of the batteries. And so at first, they were like, oh, well, let's get rid of the transmission, and they came up with that. And now for their new cars, they've gone to a light-speed transmission which is lighter than the dual clutch and it has nine gears and it's its own animal. <laughs> it's, uh, All right. Well, remember, uh, exec came from animal friends, bike mechanic being one. So what is the animal that I, is this light speed? Cause that sounds pretty freaking cool. So the light speed transmission, it's, it's like a dual clutch transmission on steroids. So, a dual clutch transmission is basically two manual transmissions operating side by side where one set of clutches and that, you know, pseudo manual transmission operates gears one, three, five, and seven. And the other manual transmission and set of clutches operates gears two, four, six. And so what happens is each, each transmission has pre-selected a gear and so when you shift, you just have one set of clutches engage and the other set of clutches lets go instead of actually shifting a gear. And then the transmission pre-selects the next gear. While the So you go from one to two, and then while two is engaged, the other clutch pack pre-selects three. And then you go th- two to three, and then while three is selected, that transmission that wasn't two pre-selects four. That's how a dual clutch transmission works. And there's two sets of clutches, right? What the light speed transmission is, it's a nine speed and every gear has its own little clutch. And so what that does is what? Yeah. So what that does, it has this tiny little multi pack clutch kit on each individual gear. And so normally cars have a flywheel and a clutch and it's a, very large diameter, you know, like 12 to 14 inches and it's heavy and it spins on the front of the transmission. They got rid of that entirely. And all the clutches are the same diameter as the gears inside the transmission. And so instead of having two transmissions, right, that alternate, which one's shifting, they essentially have nine little transmissions. And so whenever you select a gear, just that gears clutch pack engages and the gear you were in disengages and it just clip, 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 clip as you shift up or down. And so it is able to shift even faster than a DCT. There's no clutch pack. So there's no weight or inertia from that. And, uh, it's even, it's faster and it's lighter. Yes. Maniac. And you still don't think this is a, this dude's a maniac? Brian? No. You were saying okay. before. Like, Let me exp- who thinks up of things like that? Uh, game changers. Oh, then mix it happen. Innovators. Oh, then mix innovators. It happen. Uh, innovators, too. Um, so for me, I think that's just really cool. And like the fact that that package is lighter weight is amazing. It brings back the non automatic style, basically, of the one to one. Uh, and gets you in control of like controlling the car. Um, yeah, and like, do you know the reasoning behind the name of the one to one? Because yeah, I do. Because it's basically the uh, tor ducks it's per a, a thousand kilometers. Oh, if you want, if you want to say ducks, yeah, <laughs> duck ducks per. I don't think that math works out. Uh, no, it with doesn't the kilograms, at all. But it, it's a. A thousand kilograms per thousand horsepower. I, I couldn't remember if it was horsepower or na- nanometers or, or what it was. Or if we want to break it down, it's one kilogram per horsepower. Yeah. So it's basically saying that the weight to power ratio is exactly the same. Plus one to one. It's perfect. Yeah. Or uh, what you want. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the power is, whatever the weight is, be it ducks yeah. or, or, or horses. Um, I mean, it's not even the power and the weight in that car. The downforce uh engineering is crazy the suspension that they they engineered is nuts it's preloaded to the downforce that it would experience at like uh the t- its top speed it's just 
This, okay, look, <laughs> I, I still don't want to use the word maniac, but it's just F1 stuff. But you can drive this on the road. Yeah. Basically, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's not a monocoque single. Well, it, it's, it's, a, just, it's a one carbon tub monocoque. Yeah, it's right. Oh, so it's a monocoque, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not a yeah, um, it open cedar. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's not a middle single seater F1 Indy car type of thing. It is a production vehicle you can own and drive on the road and do just ridiculous things with. Um, and now they're they're making a four seater. Wow! In the Gamera, making a the Gamera is going to be a a sedan. Gamera, Gamera. Gemera, it's not the right way to say that. Look, I'm not great at Swedish, folks. If you want to call me out on it, go for it. You can do it at the Zero Lift (laughs) Podcast Instagram. We can all make fun of Ryan's inability to pronounce Swedish words. Yeah. So, so this this one's interesting, and they're just building the first running prototype for it uh, right now. Like as we speak, it's a four seater with the three cylinder twin turbocharged engine in the back, and then also three oh no four uh electric motors to each wheel which is nuts and the the way NSX that... did it not quite what do you mean by that ryan the nsx also did uh each electric motor controls each wheel correct is uh, this different the nsx did have um did have hey, electric motor. No, the NSX had torque vectored motors. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It Twice I'm wrong here today. Damn. <laughs> um, but I don't think was it I'm just saying. Oh man, I'm, I'm just saying this. <laughs> I'm the, the way it's this has been done before. There's modern they're modernizing and upping it uh Koenig, Koenigsegg style. With how they're putting the rest of the parts around technology, could be wrong. I think though that <clears throat> it's interesting that hybrid is being adapted by most everybody. This is a plug-in hybrid GT car, essentially. Yes. Yeah, so as what yeah. they have it. So the the uh, the Gamera is similar to the NSX, where it has. So it has it has three motors. It has an internal combustion engine. It's got two motors at the non-driven wheels, and then it has an electric motor augmenting the crankshaft on the engine that go to the driven wheels. If that makes sense. So it has a four-wheel drive system with an internal combustion engine augmented with electric motor, and then two wheels that aren't driven by the engine augmented with their own motors. It's also using the direct drive system yeah. not the light speed transmission interesting and it's also the first four-wheel drive model that they are uh koenigsegg is producing yeah, yeah. i cool. i watched a short video of that three-cylinder twin turbocharged motor running it sounds crazy at i think it was only at like four thousand rpm that they were revving it to because they're they're still you know as he said uh stepping up the rpm range to make sure that they get everything right about it because they're developing everything in house. And so like they're doing everything for the first time. So, but even then it at 4,000 RPM, that thing sounded nasty. I would agree. Every single Koenigsegg that I have listened to is just disgustingly beautiful sounding. I mean, it's on par with an LFA a hundred percent. Every single one. of them. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason they went with the, so they call it the tiny friendly giant, the three cylinder engine. Um, and that uses the free valve technology. And so it's a three cylinder that makes 600 horsepower on its own. Um, wow. And it gets uh, a thousand kilometers of range between, cause it's actually a pretty economical engine because of what they can do with the free valve tech and then all the so stuff. Yeah. So it's a thousand kilometers range in a, it's so nuts. what is effectively a 1400 horsepower, um, ah car <laughs> disgustingly four-seater. fast cars 14, and still horsepower four-seater it's a four-seater you could take the family yeah i i don't i don't think it has four doors 
Does it have four doors? I haven't looked oh, at a picture of it. It's four seats. Oh, it's four doors. Okay. I yeah, I think it's so two it's doors. Very nineties. Okay. Yeah. I had to accent back in the day. You can get in the back, but we got to slide the seat forward. <laughs> I think this is a little, little faster than the Hyundai. So you know, <laughs> in, oh, up just a little bit is understatement. In, uh, I mean, in summary, if you're gonna spend a million dollars on a hypercar, there's just there's no other show in town, folks. <laughs> yeah. Why buy a Bugatti? Why buy a uh, LaFerrari? Maybe if you're in the mood, a McLaren F1 could compete and just in mm. absolute. Because you didn't get on the wait list in time, and they're already all sold out. That's yeah. why you're mm. going to go with something lesser than Conan's egg. That's what it comes down to. These cars are phenomenal. <laughs> go listen to them. Seriously, they sound so good. They sound so they good. look good. They're phenomenal. This guy, as John and Lenny would say, is a maniac. I call him a more of a Lex Luthor. Uh, driven to success. A small company. And I think, I like think we're I think we're running out of time. So I'm just go gonna, yeah, I'm, we're running out of time, though, but I'm just going to plug, uh, look up, the story behind their logo because it's a really cool story. They put a ghost. It's pretty cool. They put a little ghost on all their cars. That, that, that's your homework assignment, listeners. Um, yeah. So what you find Zero Left Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, speaking of that, I think I'm going to post the pictures of the Koenigsegg CCX that me and John uh, were so lucky to sit in and oh, yeah. see over in tokyo i actually sat in one i had coffee we had coffee with the guy yeah we had coffee with him it's a great guy yep but yeah hey. i'll be posting that on our twitter and our instagram because i just remembered that that happened they're even cooler, even cooler looking in person well yeah, ccx is something else that is our brief history and uh our love of this Konenzeg brand let us know your thoughts and let's move into what i wish i was driving Honey, this is your take, and it is the ultimate track toy, in your opinion. Yes. Ultimate track toy. So I'll explain it for the listeners real quick, what I wish I was driving. It's basically our car version of 20 questions. Uh, Lenny picked a car. Ryan and I have 20 yes or no questions to figure out what it is. Um, We can only guess the car once, so if we make a guess and it's wrong, we done. So with that, you said ultimate track toy is the, the tip? That's the hint. That's the hint. Yep. All right. Lenny, is this Japanese? There it is. Now. John, thanks for thinking the number one question that I was going to come out with as well. Well, when Lenny says track toy, it's usually Japanese, but. Uh... True. Oh, I wouldn't think that Lenny's an American boy, so I would. I, I'm thinking Euro. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be an Opal? Lenny's. Is this European? It is. All right, you're okay, good. Um, is this... this from main? Is this from mainland Euro? Ooh. Yes, mainland. Okay. Was this made by Zijamans? Yes. Is this a fucking opal? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. I appreciate uh, you for that. That shouldn't even count. <laughs> question five. Yeah. Uh, question five was Opal. No, now we're on six. Is this a BMW? No. Oh wow. Okay. Mm. Is this a Porsche? It is. Knew it. Okay. Porsche. If it ain't a BMW, it's a Porsche. Um, Lenny, is this some iteration of a 911? No. Ooh. Okay. Lenny, is this some iteration of the Boxster and or Cayman family of vehicles? Yes. But we didn't even get a uh, gener. Is this generational? Uh, uh, did we have to get specifics on generation? Oh yeah. Money? Is this is the is the que- is the car going to be? Do we have to guess the generation for the car? Not a question, but yes. a clarify. What? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, now we're gonna yes. get Paris. Okay. 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 Uh, Lenny, does this car have GT featured prominently anywhere in the name? It sure does. Okay. John's getting it honed in. 
Uh, Lenny, uh, after the letters GT, does this car have a number that corresponds to the number of wheels and tires on most cars? <laughs> yes, Cute. it does. Cute. That's four for you folks at home. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lenny, does this car have an engine inspired by, but not quite the same as the 911 GT3? No. What's that? No. What? Uh-oh, we've hit a wall. All right, so let's see. John's hit a wall. We know that it's a GT4. Well, the GT4 had a GT3, a detuned GT3 engine in it. Um... Boy. Close, Uh... I think. Well, I mean, we know it's a GT4. Yeah, how many generations of GT4 is there? I mean, d- two? I narrow down the generations somehow? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I could be man. real bland and just say, is this the first generation or the second generation? No, you can't. <laughs> uh... I'm not going to allow that. Uh, okay, all right, well... fine. Hold on a second. That doesn't make any sense. You should have really given it away for you, John. The my no. I'm gonna help you out here. How's that? She can't be one. It's got to be the other, though. What do you mean it can't be one? It's got to be the other. There is not a GT4 that doesn't have a GT3-based engine in it. One of the generations apparently doesn't, John. My guess. You you might want to reword your question there then i think i said does this have an engine inspired by but not quite the same as a 911 gt3 no it's a very vague question can you narrow that down what do you mean by kind of the same but but different the the engine in the cayman gt4 was literally a gt3 engine with less aggressive camshafts okay so Mm -hmm. then what you're not wrong there i i I agree what is the difference between the two generations of the GT4? Um, I'm just filling in white noise since you guys I'm are trying, thinking. I'm trying. I'm trying to help. <laughs> the best of my ability. Come on, John. You got it. It's right on the tip of your tongue. You just gotta, just gotta say it. You just gotta say it, buddy. I, I, I don't see. I have no idea. All I know is that it's some sort of. It's probably the Cayman, the GT4 Cayman. I mean, he said it. He said it's the GT4. You guys got that right. Which well, is why okay. I said you gotta pick the specific one. But you said it doesn't have a GT3 engine. That's that. There isn't. There isn't a GT4. That... And I said that you should probably think about that question a little bit better what are you talking about that's and maybe reword it but hey wait is there like different versions of this no reword the 911 et4 so is this does this does this gt4 not have D2 and G3, GT3 engine? There is no GT4. It does not. It does not have a D2 and GT3 engine. There is that is, what you're saying, there, John? There is no GT4 that doesn't have a D2 and GT3 engine. That, that's not Lenny's a, saying this doesn't have a G... Well, he's, he's wrong. There is not a GT4 that doesn't... And he's admitted that already. Uh, we're missing something. We're missing something here, John. Either that or my official source is completely wrong. So, is Which it Wikipedia? One is, it? is it Wikipedia? No, it's it's Porsche.com. You tell me. You guys Wait want a to wave the white flag here? Wait a second. 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 This has got to be a meta of the episode. What type of trans? What type of transmission does this car have? Does this car? What is it? What is it? Uh, what is the abbreviation for the type of transmission? 
Does this car have a DCT? It does not have a DCT. Not a DCT. No. Wait a second. I do it. John's up. Oh, I okay, folks. John's John's doing this pondering thing here. He's getting dialed in. I've asked the question that has sent him down a different rabbit hole entirely. The fourth generation came in GT4. The 718 generation had a GT3 engine. The first generation GT4, which was the third generation Cayman, so the 981, mm -hmm. did not have a GT3 engine. It had a Carrera S engine. Yes. Folks, but it had if you're wondering, GT3 brakes. And a GT3 I'm the best point slow. guard you'll uh, ever have. Fuck, fuck off. I've just, God, I have passed you the ball. Shoot the J, dude. Okay. Narrow it down or shoot the J. Come on, dude. You got this. I have hold literally on, just, asked the question that I'm opens just, this up. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Lenny, was this a... Uh, was this an even more limited edition to the limited edition of the car, or was it just the normal limited edition? That's not a yes or no question. Was this a Super what? Saiyan version of this car? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. If a GT, <laughs> if a GT4 is normal, was this a even more limited version of this car? Yes. Ooh. Hey, John. Okay. Uh, Lenny, is this, is this the Porsche uh, 981 Cayman GT4 Club Sport? Yeah. Oh, buddy. No, it's not. What? Oh, no, oh, John. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh, wait till you hear this. No, the car that I'm thinking, which is the ultimate track toy, in my opinion, is the 718 Cayman GT4 RS. 718 came it's in. It's got a naturally aspirated Boxster flat six. It's the GT3 engine, actual, putting out 493 horsepower at a max RPM of 8,400 uh, with a top speed of just under 200 miles an hour at 196, 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. It is a short wheelbase, shorter wheelbase GT3 race car, basically. Wait a and second. It's great. And I love it. It's I mean, everything that is in a GT3 in a smaller package. And it works perfectly because Porsche is also another great engineering manufacturer. Okay. First off, Lenny, can you buy this car new? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And it's not the ultimate track it, toy for you because it has computers. It has computers and it has driver's assist, Ryan, which means it's not the ultimate track toy. You know what you're talking about. I'm so disappointed yeah. in myself right now. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and for those wondering, the MSRP on one of these bad boys, if you could get it at MSRP, is one hundred and forty-one thousand dollars USD. And you should buy this car because you're shameful that you didn't guess it. Oh my god! god. John's face for those who can't join us live on this is just utter defeat. Well, I understand that. So this car has computers. So though, doesn't, doesn't that, Lenny? So what? What you're you are trying to once again connect a completely different conversation we were having earlier. I understand. With an I just, track <laughs> track I just don't understand how right. the ultimate track car can have a computer in it and a driver's assist. Listeners, we got in an argument earlier today on our founders chat, uh, where Lenny and I were saying that the old generation V12 Vantage is cooler than a DB11. And Ryan asked why, and we said it was more raw. And then Ryan got into this whole thing about computers ruining everything. And that's not necessarily what me and Lenny were trying to say. But uh, okay. now that conversation okay. is bubbled yeah. back up. It's fair. <laughs> I mean, good pick. This is a sexy-looking car. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. Oh, you should go buy this car in shame. That's what you should do. Shame. I then gift it to me. Use it as a tax write-off. I mean, look I'll accept that. Lenny, you can just rabbit. give him like two NFTs, right? Two NFTs is worth this car, right? Look at... Uh, yeah, maybe a board ape. Can we, just, yeah, can we just appreciate the rabbit hole I went down to find a car that actually met all of the clues that I had? It technically, except for the club sport does not use DCT. It does have DCT. Isn't it? Mm. I did, I'm not sure. Of course, uses something called As opposed PDK. to the road... 
Boeing Cayman GT4, the Clipsoap version is fitted with Porsche's PDK double clutch system, albeit with the seventh gear disabled. So, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Also, Ryan, so far. You, you asked me specifically if it had a DCT, but Porsche yeah. labels it and brands it as a PDK, so it's not a DCT. It's thanks. PDK. Thanks for the flex. I mean, and allowing a little bit of variance is, with my stupidity. But it is a dual clutch transmission. Yeah. Not, you are right. PDK. You are right. But Porsche does. Yeah, it's a PDK. So, allowed, yeah, John, allowed I'm really variance. sorry for that. A lot of variance. You, you had it. Uh, John, you had like, it, but you got to take the oof. L. I take the L. It's all right, Sheesh. Well, folks, you've been joined uh, with John. Hello. I... Lenny. I'll be operating from the closet for a while here. Sounds hot. I'm not sure what that means. And myself, Ryan, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Zero Lift. Be sure to subscribe, give us a like, hit us in comments, either uh, on our Instagram at Zero Lift Podcast or our Twitter, Zero Lift Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Keep a pinned.